Hello, Gospel for Grampian listeners. Welcome to Women of Africa K on Air this beautiful Thursday morning. Yow, this is episode 84, and we are going to be on part three on the benefits of the fruits of the Spirit. I didn't know, Erica, that we would have so much to talk about on the fruits of the Spirit. How are you this evening, Erica? Yes, absolutely. It's just amazing. You know, we when we just think um about something and but and then allow the holy spirit to come and just minister to us it is so incredible how deep um the jewels are really hidden in what the what the lord has for each one of us what is hidden in his word and then when we just meditate on it and study it it just comes out and then it truly it truly changes a person I love what you're saying. I'm thinking about there's a scripture that says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of kings to search it out. And that's what we're doing, right? We're searching out scripture and it is just such, I love how you say it, such precious jewels are coming out. It is absolutely priceless. And we're very privileged and honored that the Lord would trust us on the radio. We get to talk to, um, to minister to over 100 countries globally weekly and we give God all the glory that he ordained us for such a time as this to be Deborah's to be Esther's to speak the words of God and I love it in your book Erica where you talk about that we are the Deborah's and our voices are like honey and can can you talk a little bit about that so for our listeners out there Erica is not just a friend that is our weekly radio speaker but she's also an author and she wrote the book, Deborah Arise. And I love how she introduces the book when she talks about Deborah's have got a voice and they're like a bee. That if you are if you are not receiving the word of God because you're in rebellion, then the word of God for you becomes like a sting. But if you are a teachable person, then the word of God is like honey to you. Talk to us a little bit of the power of the word of God from your book, Erica. Thank you so much, precious Angelina. And I just want to say welcome, um, listeners of Gospel for Grampian. It is such a privilege, actually, to speak about God's Word and how rich His Word truly is. But you know what? We need to also know who God really is. And I must say, um, our pastor, the previous Sunday, just had something to share when his daughter was still a little she is now, I think, six or seven. But when she was still small, she was actually um, lying on his chest, you know, and she was hearing the heartbeat of of her father. And then all of a sudden, um, he heard his wife speak, and he everything. Remember, everything was quiet. She was just lying on his chest, and then he spoke to because his wife said something. And then the little girl got up and she said, "Daddy, your voice is so loud." And you know what? That's the truth. When we lie close to his heart, when we hear the heartbeat of our father, then when he speaks, you cannot doubt his vo- the sound of his voice. You would immediately discern, this is your daddy's voice. And therefore, when we um, read the word and when we study the word, it is like chewing, you know, and eating. And I'm sure... Most of us love honey. And when we eat the word of God, it is truly as sweet as honey. 
because the word in your mouth becomes rich and it starts to multiply. And when you speak that sweetness of his word, even when correction is being done, it is in such a manner that the hearer or the counselee or the person in pain actually tastes the sweetness of the correction because it always encourages, it always lifts you up. It doesn't put you down and make you feel like a nobody. But God's word is always encouraging and God's word is so deep and rich that you just want to bury yourself in that and say, Father, come and speak to me. Just open up more and more. I am reminded of Psalm 25, which says that if you come close to me, I will show you my secrets and my hidden treasures. Isn't that awesome, listeners? I think it's just amazing how God draws us together, how he draws us to himself, and that his word, when it is spoken, it's truly as sweet as honey. I love what you're saying, and that is what we're doing today, right, Erica? We are pouring honey to our listeners today, hey? Yes, amen. I hope you are ready, listeners, for some sweet honey today. Okay, it's going to be nourishment to your souls. So as we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, we just want to recap. On part one, we spoke about love being the foundation of experiencing the fruits of God's Holy Spirit and that the fruits of the Spirit is not just about exhibiting it outwardly so that people can see Christ in us, but it's also about the fruits of the Spirit changing us and we need that divine nature of God in order to be successful. So the first day we spoke about loving God because in order for us to be uh, to eradicate fear, we need to experience the love of God because the Word of God says that perfect love casts out all fear because where there's fear, there's torment. So when we experience the love of God, we are fearless. So well, that's what we spoke about in part one. Then we go to part two and we had the privilege of talking about the, let me just quickly go there. We spoke about joy. We spoke about gentleness and we spoke about peace. And we spoke about how those qualities transforms our life because joy gives us strength. God's gentleness gives us great power and God's peace shows that we are sons of God. We are mature children of God. This all creation is waiting for the sons of God to arise. So when you are a peacemaker, then you must expect to arise because creation's waiting for you to bring glory to God. And so today we're going to be talking about the fruits of the spirit called goodness, kindness, and patience. But before we go into that, Erica, I want to bring up something that really, really transformed you and me. Our episode 77 that we spoke about in December about dying to self. And why I'm bringing that up today, Erica, is that in order for us to experience the divine nature of God, which is the fruits of the Holy Spirit, we have to die to self because 1 Corinthians 2.14 says that the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. And cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. So what we hear, what we read here is that the flesh opposes the things of God. So if we don't die to self, we will always be in conflict to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we'll never experience the nature of God. 
What are your thoughts on that? That's very true. Um, And you know what, while you were talking, precious Angelina, um, I would like to share something that the Holy Spirit also um, opened up to me regarding the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And as you said, dying to self, because we are born into a world since forever, because Adam and Eve brought sin with their disobedience into this world. So every baby is being born into this world, uh, into a broken world. And as life goes on, um, there is so much pain and hurt that is being added onto a person. So now we have the word and this person that is now being born grows up and um, has a life and then meets Jesus. So now all this pain that has come with this person needs to be addressed. And before the fruit of the spirit or before we can actually die to self and then allow the fruit of the spirit to be part of our lives, we need to be to deal with issues because what 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 the Holy Spirit said to me is that there is inner healing that needs to uh, take place in our lives because a crucial aspect of identifying uh, root issues is discernment and this involves seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance to uncover hidden aspects of the self now bad fruit always results from bad roots and that is how we grow up we can all even grow up in a very good environment but if we don't have knowledge then unfortunately we make bad choices and bad choices takes us into situations that we actually didn't want to go in now some examples of bad roots can be offense how easily it is for us to take an offense isn't it bitterness jealousy that's a big one is jealousy because even a small child can be jealous you know of a of a uh, um, a school friend covetousness fear fear is also just like a, a huge issue pride rage lust we can just name all these things now and to understand this better we contrast bad fruit with a good fruit of the holy spirit which is as galatians 5 22 and 23 says is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control some roots are easier to identify and resolve more than others I just want to share a, a story that, for example, I had noticed that I was avoiding someone because I was harboring offense at her mother. I had not fully forgiven the woman for the harm she caused me and held it against her daughter subconsciously. You see how easy it is? There was a belief and inner vow within my heart that paired like this, like mother, like daughter. Don't we always say this? Like father, like son? This belief coupled with my unforgiveness was the root to the fruit of my avoidance and rejection of someone. It did not take long to figure this out, but I still needed to resolve it. So this week, as Angelina has pointed out, that we are going to reflect on three, patience and kindness and goodness. But I just want to say, precious Angelina, 
and listeners of Gospel for Grampian, when we act out of true goodness of the heart and reflect the fruit of the Spirit, we are obedient to God's commandments and seek the benefit of others. Our actions come from a place of selflessness and we place the needs of others before our own. And therefore I say, when this person is growing up and has an encounter with Jesus, Holy Spirit is there to guide us and to lead, lead us into the truth because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And we truly give ourselves, Holy Spirit takes us in showing us how to die to self. And it's not an easy path to, to, um, to travel. And then Holy Spirit also gives us clarity about the fruit of the Spirit. And as we've said when we started this um, conversation today, is that when we allow ourselves to just be quiet and sit at the feet of Holy Spirit and listen what the Holy Spirit has to say about the fruit that is in us, then it becomes sweet as honey. And all the pain and rejection and the everything that we harbor, the unforgiveness, it truly just melts away. Yes, it is a it takes a while, but then it's not out of our own efforts, but it's the Holy Spirit in us that helps us, that guides us, to, that strengthens us. And should we fall, Holy Spirit doesn't come and say, naughty, naughty. No, he says, come, Erica, come, Angelina, come. You are still the righteousness of God in Christ. Let me help you. Let me pick you up and let me take you further in explaining the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know, I love what you're saying, Erica, that we cannot experience the fruits of the Spirit of God if we still walk in the flesh. We have to let go and die to self in order to embrace the fruits of the Spirit because the fruits of the Spirit is Christ's fruits. It's in the abiding that His fruit is, is transferred into our lives. It is the Zoe life of God that flows through our spirit man into our soul, into our flesh, and then we act out and live out that nature outwardly. But it is Christ's goodness, kindness, and patience that flows through us. But if we don't die to self, we don't make room for Christ's nature to come act, to, to be active in our lives. So it is critical that we die to self. And I love what you're saying that the Bible says not one is righteous. We have all been born into sin, which means we all have to go through a process of crucifying the flesh. It's like Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ live in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So here, Paul, a great apostle, had said that he had to crucify himself, die to self, and allow the life of Christ to come up in him. So that means every human being has to go through a process of dying to self in, a, in order to allow the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit to come through our lives. Even Erica, even Job went through that. I mean, let's look here. You spoke about the certain doors that open up our lives and uh, or certain doors that we open in terms of unrighteousness because not one is righteous. And then only when we, did, we, we 
what do you call it? What's the word that they say? When we work out our salvation, then we are dying to ourselves, right? That is the working out of our salvation. And so, so Job, even though the Bible says that he was faithful, he had fear. Because if you look in chapter three, three, it says that the very thing he feared came upon him. So fear opened up a door for him to lose everything in his life. But God allowed that because in going through overcoming the fear, he died to self. I was reading that today, Erica, and I was absolutely wowed. Even Job had died to self. And let's talk about how did he die to himself, right? If you go read in chapter 29, he says here, when the days were good, when I was washed, when my steps were with butter and the, he says, I, my steps were washed with butter and the rock poured out rivers of oil for me. When I went out to the gate through the city, when I prepared my seat in the street, the young men saw me and hid themselves and the aged arose and stood up. He had so much of respect. He says, princes refrained from talking and they laid their hand on their mouth because they honored him. The nobles held their peace and their tongue cleaved to the roof of their mouth. When they when when the ear heard me, then it blessed me, and when the eye saw me, it gave witness to me, because I delivered the poor that cried and the fatherless and him that had none to help. He says the blessings of him that was ready to perish came upon me, and I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. I put on righteousness and it clothed me, and my judgment was as a robe of a diadem, and I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame, I was a father to the poor, and da da da. So yeah now Job is talking about when things Things were good, how everybody honored him, everybody respected him, and he walked well, he dressed well, he had a good posture, and he was prominent. And then now when fear came and hit his household, and he lost everything, and he had infirmities on his body, that's when he began, Erika, and Gospel for Grampian listeners to die to self. And you know that he was dying to self because here in chapter 19, he talks about it. He says, all my inward friends abhorred me and they whom I loved are turned against me. I called my servant and he gave me no answer. I entreated him with my mouth. My kinfolk has failed and my familiar friends have forgotten me. They that dwell in my house and my mates count me for a stranger and I am an alien in their sight. Suddenly, Erika and Gospel for Grampian listeners, how people see him mattered. That is what dying to self is. When we get to the point where it is no longer how people see us, but it is what they see about Christ in us. Because Job himself, it was all about him and how people saw him. And only when he died to himself and he realized that it's irrelevant how people saw me. Because the minute he had an encounter with God, as you go further into uh, the, towards the end of the book of Job, the minute he saw God, he said, I heard you, but now I see you and I close my mouth and I am embarrassed and I repent. When he saw the awesomeness of God, he re realized that nothing mattered anymore. 
It, it's irrelevant his state, his life, who he is, what he knows. It's irrelevant because he understood that the awesomeness of God was more than enough. And I believe gospel for Grampian listeners, when we can get to that state of where the opinions of others does not matter, because I myself, Erica, you talk about you having offense and you realize you had to deal with that. I've been going through so much of issues and I've been thinking, my gosh, I've been so devalued. I felt like Job. I'm so devalued. People see me in such a low way. What has happened to me? Why do they see that? And then the Holy Spirit says, you haven't died to self because when you worry what people think about you rather than what Christ thinks about you, then you haven't died to self. I mean, Jesus, I think he's such a good example of dying to self. When he came to the earth, he came to be a servant to all. That's why he went on the cross on our behalf. And he came and he said, I'm not here for my will, but I'm here to do the will of the Father. The enemy tempted him so many times to use his divine authority as God because the devil came and said, if you are the son of God, do this, convert the bread, uh, the stones into bread, take up uh, a fall, uh, uh, you know, fall off the building and you will be saved. So the devil wanted him to use his divinity and not maintain his humanity because he had to come as a human nature. And pride, if, if, if Jesus had been sinful, he would have worried what people thought about him and ended up being prideful and using his power. But he submitted to the will of God and not his divinity. And that is what dying to self is. He taught us, I'm here on a mission to serve the Father and the Spirit of God's power is at work in me, not my power which I left in heaven. So I'm just going to submit to the Father and to the Spirit of God. And that is what Jesus was teaching us, that when we submit to Christ and no longer to our needs, then we are ready to be chosen. Because the Bible says, for many are called, but few are chosen. To be chosen, Erica and Gospel for Grampian listeners, it requires us to die to self. Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, Apostle John, we're all examples of, I no longer live. I'm not going to live for my comforts and what people think about me. They were, they were relentless. I mean, the Bible says in Acts 9.31, in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the church expanded and grew exponentially. Why? Because they died to self. And so today, Gospel for Grampian listeners, we are talking about the importance of dying to self so that we can embrace the Spirit of God like the, 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 the book of Acts Apostles did in order for us to do the good works. And we, can, we know we're walking in that mantle when we see the fruits of the Spirit of God working in us and working through us to change the atmospheres and the places that God has called us to influence. So Erica, I'm not sure if you want to add anything as we go further. Yes, um, I just wanted to say I'm sure our precious listeners are just as um, overwhelmed as I am listening to what you have been saying regarding Job and how his life and everything was a choice and everything was an action. I mean, in Galatians 5, 16, the word of God says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Even Job said that his friends left him. He was absolutely forlorn. He was um, ridden with some diseases and stuff like that. 
but by dying to self, Angelina, is also to carry the visibility of Christ. And you know, that places me in a, in a position of total humbleness and in a position of lying flat on my face before the Lord, the King of Kings who came to die for us. And then what happens, I believe, is that the fruit of the Spirit then starts to ignite inside of us because the fruit of the Spirit is an attribute of action. It means living one's life with good morals and um, motives as well as doing good things for others. Producing the fruit of goodness is a true mark of godliness. And I truly believe that Job can be such an, a good study to help us to come into that place where Holy Spirit wants to teach us more about the fruit of the Spirit. Because it's not just um, being good to someone, it's a deep inner residing of the fruit of the Spirit in us so that we can reflect the visibility of Christ through us and others can see what it, uh, what it means. And as we um, discuss then the, the three of the fruit of the Spirit, Angelina, um, we will see, and our precious listeners will also hear what it really carries. There is such a weight in every fruit um, that it carries, that it becomes part of you. And you know what is the best for me is that without any effort from my side, I just allow Holy Spirit to work in me. The fruit of the Spirit is then part of me. It just comes out. Even if it is, um, as I said, it's like an attribute of an action, but it comes out. Because if I want to be good or kind or loving or um, whatever uh, uh, other fruit it is, it just pours out of me. Because why? I have died to self. I carry the visibility of Christ. And the fruit of the Spirit starts working in and through me. And you know what? I always stand, stand amazed at a true God that we serve. He is so much more than, than being, um, you know, so many times we think, yes, He is God. But we do not truly realize who He truly is because he only wants the best for us. He rewards us even if we don't ask for a reward. He rewards us. And how does he reward us? When we are willing to obey him, he works in us his good attributes, and it just flows out of us without me trying to be good, trying to be kind. It just comes out of me because I carry the visibility of Christ. And it is also because of him that I carry the visibility. It is also of him that works in me to be willing to die to self. Because to die to self is not an own effort um, process. It truly is God who works in us. You know, Erica, um, before we go into the fruits of today, I want to go back to the love fruit that we spoke about in part one as you were talking i'm reminded of what the holy spirit told me and i'm recapping that okay so paul talks about or jesus talks about the 
two commandments that become the foundation for us to submit to all the other commandments, okay? And he says the first commandment is love the Lord our God with all our mind, spirit, heart, and soul. And then he says the second commandment is love others the way we love ourselves, love our neighbors the way we love ourselves. And what the Holy Spirit was actually teaching me was he said to me, you don't have to go and look far as to what is in your heart. He says, just look at how you treat other people. Then you'll know what's in your heart because the Bible says, love others the way you love yourself. That means if I'm envious of others, I'm envious in my own heart. If I'm jealous of others, I have jealousy in my own self. If I speak ill of others, I don't have respect for my own self. If I'm hurting others, I don't have, I mean, I'm hurting myself. I don't have respect for myself. So he says, just look at how you treat others, Angelina. Then you can see how you see yourself because people generally mirror themselves by the way they treat others. And that was, wow, I was like, Lord, he says, if you are treating other people like that, it's because it's in you. So imagine how you're treating yourself. Imagine God's looking at me. And when I'm speaking a, a negative about other people, God is saying, you're speaking negative about yourself too. Because how can you love them if you can't love yourself? So if you're jealous of them, that means you're jealous of yourself. If you're unkind to them, that means you're unkind to yourself. Because what I give out is what is in me. So I'm an expression outwardly of what I am within. And that hit me, Erica. That hit me. If I want to see how I see myself, I need only judge how I treat others. Hey? Yes. 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 If that can become a revelation to our hearers, because that is absolutely so true, then how much more will be will be will we be gracious towards one another if the way i see how i treat others that is actually me that that's me look look what it says this is the revelation he gave me he says that we might not admit it but this is the holy spirit telling me he says angelina we might not admit it but we take out our impatient unkindness and evil intentions of self onto others and I was like, whoa, Lord. And then he said, only if I abide in Christ, then his nature can come into me. That is why the Bible says that none is righteous. I don't have to. I just have to see how I think about other people and treat other people to know how sick I am within. And that is why I cannot live without Jesus Christ. I need him. I need to abide in him in order for me to like myself. I will never be able to love who I am without loving Christ and without letting him love me. Because the devil is a liar and the devil will put lies into my mind that I love myself. But when I begin to look at how I treat others, I can actually see the real me. And I just realized I don't love myself because hurting people hurt people. Rejected people reject people. Right? Yeah. True. Absolutely true. So, so gospel for Grampian listeners, I just felt I needed to say this, that if we have jealousy and envy and gossip and hurt other people, we are doing that first to ourselves. 
It's just an expression outwardly to other people. But if we have to look within ourselves, we are envious of our own self. We are jealous of our own self. We speak ill of our own self. We just don't see it. The only time we see the manifestation on it is how we treat others. Because if Jesus is telling me, Erika, love others the way you love yourself, that means whatever I am towards other people, I am that towards myself too. Yeah. And so I have to get rid of that. So I, I want us to just pray today, Erika, for our listeners before we get to the, the next fruits. Because for me, that is so important that our self-help, our self-care, that we need to understand. That's why Jesus said, love God with all your mind, spirit, heart, and soul, and love others the way you love yourself. So I have to love myself so that I can outwardly express that because or else I will be false. I will be false and then eventually the devil will expose me and the devil wants to expose every Christian out there and so we have to guard our hearts and that's why we need to stay abiding in Christ Jesus because if we don't abide in Christ Jesus then we will always be intimidated and offended and threatened by other people's successes etc and God doesn't want us to do that because God has given each of us our own lane our own purpose Ephesians 2:10. we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he prepared for us in advance to do that we should walk in it and if we don't love ourselves the way Christ loves us then we are going to always want to run after other people's purpose in life and we are never going to fulfill our destiny because we can't love ourselves the way Jesus wants us to love ourselves and um, you know that that was a really wake-up call for me about Lord I'm so sorry and I'm going to pray with us now Father God please forgive gospel for grace listeners and Erica and myself for not valuing your love in our lives. Forgive us, Father God, for not loving ourselves the way you want us to love ourselves. And Father God, help us to become aware of how we think and how we feel about other people as an indication of how we see ourselves. Because the devil is such a deceiver. He doesn't make us see that when we treat other people badly, we're actually mistreating ourselves. And because we are your workmanship, we need to love who we are and who we've been created to be. And Father, forgive us for neglecting ourselves by so focusing on other people that, Lord, we forgot to love who God made us to be. And so, Lord, we ask of you today, teach us how to love ourselves that Jesus wants us to love ourselves so that that pure love will cause us to love others the way God would have us love ourselves. Please, Father God, forgive us for imposing um, uh, uh, hate upon ourselves, envy upon ourselves, jealousy upon ourselves, gossip about uh, uh, on ourselves by by the way we speak and behave towards other people. And today, Lord, we plead for mercy and we ask of you to please teach us how to abide in God so that we will value who we are in God. Because we know that if we know who we are in God, the perfect love of God in us will never allow us to ever walk fearfully, be tormented, or ever, ever ill-treat other people. In Jesus' name we ask you. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Okay. Glory to God. Yep. 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 Lots of revelation for us, hey? Lots of Absolutely. revelation. 
Um, so I want to start with the fruit of goodness and goodness in the Greek is agathosun and it means intrinsic goodness as a personal quality with stress on kindly rather than righteous. So goodness here is not talking about righteousness, but it's rather about kindly. And the root of agathos is inherently good in nature. Good whether it be seen or not seen. Like we were just talking now. You know, we know we, we didn't know that we can not love ourselves. We didn't know that we can be jealous of ourselves. But by just looking at us being jealous with others, it's an indication that we're jealous of ourselves. And here he's saying the inherent nature of goodness is you don't necessarily need to see it, but it's within you. It's a unique quality relating to all believers. It's a condition that believers have. And goodness comes from God and it shows moral excellence and virtue. So, this reminds me of the scripture, Erica, in Genesis 1.31. And God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good. God's inherent nature is goodness. So everything that comes forth from God is good. Likewise, gospel for Grampian listeners, when we abide in Jesus, then everything that is inherent in us is supposed to be good. If there's an absence of goodness radiating through us, it could be that we are not abiding in God as we ought to. I love what David expressed, Erika, in Psalms 119.68. He says, God, you are good and you do good. And then he tells God, teach me your statues, God. And, and is one, sorry, he's saying God is one and one in nature. His, sta his statues and his goodness are one in nature. And he's saying here, when we abide in God, then his goodness is supposed to transform us. And in turn, we are good and we do good. That is why David was telling God, teach me your statues so that I can be good and do good. And in Psalm 16, 2, he says, everything good I have, God, comes from you. So David acknowledges, Erica, that the nature of God becomes an inherent condition of us as Christians when we abide in God, because therefore you could say, everything good I have comes from you. Do you want to add to that goodness, Erica? Absolutely, yes. I also just want to add a few things that you've already, well, there's a few things that you've already mentioned, but there's just another few things that I can share or add to this that goodness is an internal quality that we develop through our relationship with God. Exactly what, what you read out of the psalm that David said. It encompasses moral excellency, which you've already mentioned, and honesty. When kindness, on the other hand, which we will now look just now, is an outward expression of goodness. You see, the practical ways in which we love others. That which is good makes us better, heals us, restores us, improves us, strengthens us, and makes us right. When I read through this, I realized that when, when we allow the fruit of goodness to operate through us, you know that it actually heals, my, it heals me, it strengthens me, it improves me. 
Now, goodness also displays integrity, honesty, and compassion to others and allows us to do the right thing. Isn't it just wonderful, the fruit of the Spirit? That if you allow the fruit of the Spirit, like, for instance, goodness, to work in and through you, what does it do? It, when you, when you, experience, if you, if you release goodness to others, what it does, it just, it's just amazing to know that God's love and His healing and His um, strength just comes and makes us right. Goodness takes our virtue and excellence and models it to others in the action of love. Isn't that excellently said? I love there is it. Some evidence, it. Isn't it? Goodness takes our virtue and mm. excellence and models it to others in the action of love. There is so much said in that one sentence. There is some evidence that being aware of our own acts of kindness, as well as the things we are grateful for, can increase feelings of happiness, optimism, and satisfaction. Just think about it. Say, for instance, you're depressed, or you, you are unhappy, or you're anxious about something. And I must say, in the last few weeks, Angelina and precious uh, listeners of Gospel for Grampian, is that I have been quite at times anxious and worried and distressed even. But when you are good, doing good to others, if you allow the fruit of goodness to work through you, it does increase feelings of happiness, optimism and satisfaction. Doing good may help you to have a more positive outlook about your own circumstances. And I can truly firsthand speak of that, testify of that, that one moment or maybe the previous day I was in a, in a not a good space and then I do good and it just lifts me up. It just gives me a positive outlook about my own circumstance. And I just really want to encourage the listeners tonight, each and everyone that will listen to this uh, message tonight, that allow the fruit of goodness to operate through you and you will see how it carries you how it encourages you how it changes your circumstance because when we come out of that depression when we come out of that anxiety state it lifts you up and it places you on a platform where you can experience christ then again the visibility of christ is is in you and people will come and say what is it that you have even though you are going through a, a huge challenge you still do good what do you think angelina you know i love where you're going with this erica you're demonstrating to us that goodness is not a human quality yeah and and that in order for you to overcome your challenges you have to walk in goodness, in the goodness of God. That is your only way out, out of getting out of your negativity or your sensitivity in terms of anxiety, etc. That if you want to get out of that, then do what Erica says. 
walk in the goodness of God. And that brings me back to the scripture in Mark 10, 18. And a lot of pastors and a lot of people that minister ask this question, and I'm sure you can relate to that question, right? They ask, are you a good person? And some people say yes, and other people say no. And then Jesus tells them, I love it. He said, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And I just love that. That is telling us that nobody can be good, only God. So if you want goodness, you don't have a choice but to abide in Christ Jesus. Okay. And when you abide in that goodness, like Erica says, because it's a fruit of God, it is your life. And therefore you experience that goodness and you feel good because you're not only uh, feeling good inside. It's not only an inherent uh, intrinsic nature, but now externally you begin to do good good. Like Acts 10 38, Jesus demonstrated the goodness of the father by doing good. So when we abide in Christ, we are abiding in goodness and that goodness helps us to get out of our circumstances and we no longer focus on what we're going through. And suddenly, like Erica says, she wants to do good outwardly to other people. And in doing good outwardly, she feels good. So you see now, first, She's abiding in Christ and that abiding takes her sadness and turns it into joy. And then immediately that joy causes her to have strength to be able to do good outwardly to other people. And suddenly she's settled in with peace and joy. Can you see now the, the it's like a ricochet from inside, outside, and it get backs in. And when you get back into your satisfied zone, you're like, wow, God, I don't even have an issue anymore, Right. Right. I love it. I just love it. I love it. And and that now brings us back to how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with the power. And now get this, Erica. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. I love it because it says Jesus had to be anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. We can't do good if we're not anointed. We can't be good if we're not abiding. So it's so important that you can't go and do good for people if you're first not inherently good within you. So the abiding must happen first in order for you to be able to sustain the outward doing good. So let us remember here, it says your goodness is necessary for service. Romans 15, 14. Okay. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. This is Erica, Paul telling the leaders in Rome. He says, I'm satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness. Imagine that he could see it. Full of goodness. He doesn't say part goodness. So they were overflowing. The abiding in Christ Jesus made them overflow with the fullness of God's goodness that he could see it outwardly in such a over uh, overflowing way. And in order for us to demonstrate that doing good outwardly, it is so, so imperative for us to be abiding in Christ Jesus. I want to talk about another goodness, um, Erica. It's James 1, 17. Every good gift. 
And every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Now, I want to make this very clear gospel for Grampian listeners. Nothing good you have comes from anyone but God. So do not give glory to to anyone or anything but God when you have good. Because James 1.17 says, Every good gift. And every perfect gift is from above. And when God created the heavens and the earth, he said everything he made was good. So if everything is good, it comes from God. So never take glory for the goodness of God. Give God honor for the goodness that goes and flows through your lives. Absolutely, Angelina. I just want to emphasize what you've said about abiding in Christ is that uh, the internal quality that we develop is through our relationship with God. And then I just loved it when you said that it ricochets from one gift or from one fruit to the other. And if I may, because it says kindness is an outward expression of goodness, the practical ways in which we love others. And when we come in with, and when we go into kindness, it is a show of mercy and love to other human beings with no thought of reward, with no thought of reward. That is the kindness in action, and that is the goodness in action in kindness. I love it. I pray that we all develop the same type of love and kindness God has for us. I truly pray that. I I love it. Yes, in offering us salvation, God extends to us the greatest kindness of all, one that we could never deserve. Just think about it. Here we produce the goodness of God because of our relationship with the Father. And out of that goodness, we then show kindness, which is mercy and love to other human beings. Why? Because of the revelation I believe that we have, because of what He has done for us, something that we do not deserve. Because God is kind to us, we should be kind to others in response to his goodness. Here again, it's an action. In response to God's goodness, we show kindness to one another. We should also reserve judgment, as it is not our place to judge, but God's. You know, we all are undeserving sinners. And I just want to read this scripture in Proverbs 11, verse 16 and 17. It's actually a very um, I don't actually know how to say it, but when I read it the first time, I thought, wow, a gracious woman retains honor, but ruthless men retain riches. The merciful man does good for his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. Kindness benefits everyone. It brings joy to the giver and peace to the receiver. Isn't that awesome? I mean, how can a human being bring something like this together? It could only be a God, a God that is so in love with his people. The recipient reciprocates because respect is embedded in kindness. Angelina, my precious soulmate, I truly believe that God's word, as he says also, is so deep. It's got so much richness. And the more we 
dig into this. It's got diamonds and jewels that has got, it's priceless. Absolutely. And while we do that, it's true. And while we do that, we are being transformed into the likeness of Christ. Isn't that awesome? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think about every time we do radio, it changes us so much because the Lord, you yes. know, gives us this revelation. It's like, I need to dig in more. And talking about kindness, I mean, this blew my mind when God gave me the revelation. Do you know, Erica, that kindness leads us to repentance? Yes. Romans 2, 4. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Oh my gosh, I think, you know, when I just saw that, I'm like, Lord, oh my gosh, it's deeper than just doing good to others. It gives us a hum humble heart to say, oh Lord God, help me to be everything you need me to be. I want to be like you, Jesus, please. I'm not worthy. I mean, he says here, when we experience the kindness of God in our lives, we become repentant and in exhibiting the repentance towards God, it draws people to live repentant lives as they see the kindness of God in our lives expressed outwardly towards them. They seek to live right in the sight of God and us. So when, like you're saying, when you give, uh, when you uh, reflect God's kindness by meeting the needs of other people and you give God glory for meeting their needs, the other people's needs. They repent to God because they realize, my gosh, God is real. He's using Erica's hands to touch my life. And then you get humbled by the giving and you realize, oh my gosh, you used me to help them at a point of need. So both people, the giver and the receiver become repentant. Hey, Yes. That just humbled that, me. Absolutely. It really does. That humbled it me. Does. So we've got like five minutes left. So we're going to go into patience quickly. Um, do you want to start with it and then I can just close it? Okay. Uh, patience is actually inner strength and self-control. Great words. Huge words. Difficult words, I would say. It is... Patience represents inner strength and self-control in the face of adversity, trials, and challenges. It enables us to endure difficulties with grace and resilience, relying on the Holy Spirit's guidance and empowerment. We cannot be without Holy Spirit's guidance and His empowerment. James says in James 1 that it, patience has fulfilled its um it's process. You will lack nothing. Now I'm asking myself this, precious Angelina. How many of us in this whole world that calls ourselves Christian have come to that point that I can say, I'm totally patient. I always say, when Paul says, I'm content in all things. If I've got lots and if I've got nothing. If I'm liked or if I'm not liked. He's content because I believe that he had patience, patience to endure all things that came to him. Patience in knowing that God is for him, who then can be against him, even though people were against him. He says, who can be against me? Yep. He also says that I do the things that I don't want, but the things that I want to do, I don't do. 
and yet he walked in this absolute inner strength. Uh, and uh, I just yeah. believe, isn't that amazing? Yes. That patience is truly an inner strength. And inner strength brings self-control. I don't have to work at it. I just need to study God's word and again allow it to become sweet as honey. And God's word changes me. God's word takes out all the, the ugliness that has come into my life through wrong choices, through things that I've allowed in my life. Even, um, you know, God's word says that my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. Even a lack of knowledge, we do things and we think it's right, but then it's not. And here, God's word comes. And we are, we have a vast, um, it's like a, it's like a, a, a safe house. And in that safe house is everything that helps me to change, that helps me to be able to be, to eat that honey and to become sweet, to become sweet that it oozes out of me, that others can rejoice in the goodness and the kindness and then experience the patience of God in and through us. Yes. So what Erica is saying, the gospel for Grampian listeners is God helps us to get out of the short tempered mode into the long tempered mode. I love it. And why do we need uh, patience, Erica? Is because patience builds strong character. Patience saves yeah. us from ungodly acts. It's character building. Patience accelerates forgiveness. We are supposed to exercise 70 times 77 a day, and uh, which helps us in terms of long suffering, bearing with one another, compassionate and mercy. And without patience, we cannot forgive seven times 77 a day. So gospel for Grampian listeners, we've got like 20 seconds left from Erica. And I thank you so much for joining us. There's just so much to uncover around the fruits of the spirit. And we're sorry that we had to rush this, but we only have 59 minutes. So we trust that you were blessed and that you will use this times of inspiration to grow yourself and understand that it's important for you to abide in God so that his fruits and his nature can work his perfect work in and through you for the glory of God. We love you from Erica and I. Ta-ta. Bye.